How's it going, friends? Welcome to another episode of the of the Pitcast. We're broadcasting from my once again humble little hipster abode here in Logan Square. I've got Matt Moss hey. joining us, and uh, for the very first time, we're super happy to have Bill Shriver on the cast. Hello. He's one of the newly minted lords in that uh, <laughs> like funny little impromptu ceremony at the uh, at the players' ball. So. Uh, it's, uh, that was a great surprise. I know. Wasn't that sweet? It was actually such a sweet moment. Uh, we, like, we, we keep talking about it, honestly, on the cast because, like, I don't know. It was. It was, like... It's wholesome as hell. Dude, it was so wholesome. I want, like, a fucking, like, a text. You know what I mean? I want, like, a swearing in, like... You know what I mean? I, I promise to, you know, this and that. I don't know. We'll, we'll work on the it as, t- as time goes on. Next thing you know, yeah, this would be pledge pins. Oh, yeah. Oh, hazing. But the hazing begins. Yeah, here we well, go. it never ends. Oh, no, no. It's, honestly, what, <laughs> once sun, you're in, the, yeah, this man. is the next step, right? So, yeah, exactly. Right. No, you're just fine. And then when you're in, that's when the hazing really starts. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but now, while we're on the subject of legends, I was always really tilted by the fact that Moat is not a world enchantment. But you mentioned that Gravity Sphere is. is yeah. And so they probably made Moat not a world enchantment so you could play Gravity Sphere and Moat together. Would have been nice if they did that the other way around. So that... Oh, so that Gravity Sphere is weaker. Gravity Sphere right, right, right. feels like an artifact. It's that old yeah. adage of, not adage, but that old theory <coughs> of what is the difference between an artifact and an enchantment. And Gravity Sphere sounds like an object. Yes, it does. It sounds like it sounds like an actual ball that like, you know, pulls things to the ground and has yeah. its own like force or whatever. Yeah. That would be cool. So it's a white enchantment, right? It's I red. actually have the three legends. Three and a red. It's three and a red? I thought it was two and a red, but two and a red. Whatever, X and a red. And it says, all creatures with flying lose flying. Yeah. All creatures lose flying, yeah. And oh was, yeah, all it, creatures, oh, two and a red. Cheap. It was interesting because Bob was playing our custom dragon, Saratar, that gives all other attacking creatures flying when it attacks, yeah. I think is how it's worded. But because flying was stripped from it by virtue of the gravity sphere, it could not attack Right, Moat says not a, flying creatures cannot attack, so he's just stuck there on the ground, and he can't then even enter combat to give himself flying. That's yeah, really that, sweet. that commander doesn't really work with Moat either because it had the creatures have to be attacking before they can gain flying, hmm. and they can't become attacking creatures with a Moat out. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. You can't even enter the phase. So right, once you enter the attack phase, yeah. it triggers well, boosting yeah. up into the air before blockers. They have to be declared as an attacker I mean, before it, the game. Flies. That's not knowing that a mode could stop a dragon, huh? In fairness, we put as much thought into that design as wizards did in ninety, so. <laughs> which is kind of the wasn't the point, like yeah. sort of, so that the design is like yeah. kind of bad. With the custom dragons, there was only one test, and it was the nickel bolus test. Is it worse than nickel bolus? Then it's okay. Okay, good. None it's of fine. them are, none of the ones we made are scarier than bolus. Bolus bolus has to be the. He has to be the king. Yeah. Is there anything that you change about any of them? You can you can see the text for all these dragons on the Lord's of the Pit website. By yeah. The, way. the the only one that's really should probably be tweaked um, is the bug one where he can only shroud. So he's like got the uh, a deep spawn ability where he can shroud, but then he doesn't untap the next turn. Mm. But you're not milling like a deep spawn. Yeah. But that should probably be can shroud any creature just because it's a it gives him a little bit more game. The other is 
I think we played him that way at one meetup, and he never actually got used, even though he had the option. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the challenge is to get creatures <clears throat> right, right in play. In yeah, it, it's so hard to get relevant creatures, anyways. Even the ones with, um, even the ones with powerful activated abilities, right? Like Preacher or Rubinia yeah. or... Even those are starting to be kind of whittled away because nobody plays good targets for them to steal anymore. <laughs> so it's just like a In the world of, of no creatures, the creature just, who steals creatures like is not good. It's just a bunch of Preachers and yeah. Rubinians and Old Man of the Sea. <laughs> You're like, oh, we just have a bunch of one ones. Someone yeah. yeah. gets it down first can steal the others. But yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so so how do you how do you solve that problem? How do you how do you um, dissuade people from playing um, life gain enchantments or sticky permanents? Really, is how I describe them. And, and um, well, there's a couple options. So the the first, I, we're kind of segueing way off the road here, but uh, whatever. Uh, the first would be we've got a mini game, and and Bill, you've actually looked, helped me work on this a little bit, right? Um, where it's and I'm not going to get too deep in the weeds at this time, but there's like a, a dungeon mini game. Uh, akin to the Jinnifreet War that was in an old Inquest magazine and written about on Eternal Central. And there's like these victory points and resources in the dungeon, in the minigame, and then your creatures can attack into that or attack your opponents. And so you can attack into this dungeon to collect victory points and then win the game by collecting X number of victory points. Oh, gotcha. So, so you, you can, can either attack your, the dungeon or you can yeah, attack Yeah, you can any kill your opponents as normal. Players. Or you can collect these resources in the dungeon. And so, and that's only, you can only collect those via creatures. So it forces everybody, and that's like the, the faster path. If you're playing creatureless, you're just going to lose. Makes so, sense. Um, it's, that's kind of a top-down design on forcing creatures. That's pretty good. That's another, good, that's I mean, good another top-down way to do it is just say, everybody, you have to have a minimum power in your deck. Creature power, you have to have a minimum Fifty-five power. Oh, sure. Creature in your just, Otherwise, don't show. Up. Yeah, just, just like the um, like the beef bash yeah. the tournament where it's like the the true winner of the tournament was the person with the Highest most power, collected. And I think power. that was Burgesson. Yes, I think with Colossus got, of Sardia. Colossus of Sardia. I think Fire Elemental. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, that's another way. But otherwise, the enchantment removal, or excuse me, the enchantments and the removal are too good. Right. Creature strategies. Yeah, it's just hard to. Um, there's just not. Enough and then Shane plays remove. Living Plane. So then all lands are super susceptible to everything. Like I was right, they all sand, come in sick. They all come in sick and they're all just vulnerable to everything. Like I'm sandbag. Like imagine if I played pestilence. Just kill all the lands for one black. <laughs> you know? Oh god. I, I was sandbagging wrath. I was ahead on board, so I was sandbagging wrath of God. But if they had started to gang up on me, you know, it's like, oh moss is too far ahead, let's beat him down. It's like, okay, game over. I'll just here's a wrath of God. Yeah, Everybody's lands are dead two hours in or whatever. That's oh, and then jungle you, hops at that point. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. insane. Well, it's insane because then you can't even, like, oh, you can't even progress the game because all the lands are Living summoning. Living played so. Titania's song in Wrath of God. It's a build your own jungle hops. That's a build your own jungle hops. Except, yeah. All right. Well, that's funny. I think in multiplayer, you're always going to end up with a defensive posture. I mean, it's yeah. like playing Risk, right? You know, whoever goes first is probably going to lose. <laughs> it's um, true. You have to like pr you have to present yourself <laughs> as like kind of non-threatening. Right. So playing like <laughs> life gain enchantments is like kind of the best way to be like, hey guys, I'm 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 weak. I'm, I'm playing just right now. I'm just playing a yeah, Urza's yeah, Chalice or yeah. untapped Rubinia is really good for that too. I mean, once you tap it and steal something, that's aggressive. But if it's sitting there untapped, nobody wants to mess with you because you're going to take their shit. So yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like you understand the politics of a. I played a lot of multiplayer as a kid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was was that kind of how Magic was played. Like you get together with a group of friends and you all play multiplayer. 
Yeah, I mean, it really just depended how many people we had. We played, you know, heads up too. It just depended if we had an odd or even number and who was around. And but we switched before between multiplayer and single player, pretty or two player, pretty regularly with the same decks. You just had to play them differently. Oh, that's cool. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting the the play patterns that change based on multiplayer yeah. versus single player. Uh, yeah, like you would get a group of people around a table and you could either do the attack to your left or right. Yeah, or so just like a free for all melee. melee. Kinda, yeah. Oh, that's fun. Did you ever play any uh, Emperor? Oh yeah, I loved Emperor. Um, yeah. We've not ever done any of that, and that's something we should think about too. What are the point. What are the rules of Emperor? Yeah, so in the rules of Emperor, each team, there's teams of usually three, it can be more. I always played three, but there's an Emperor in the middle on each side, and then there are lieutenants or generals on either side. Uh, and you attack just to the left, but you can only attack with a range of one. So the general can attack the general until the general falls, and then he can reach the, the Emperor. Oh, got you. Um, but, you know, you kind of end up, again, there, you can have very carefully tailored decks with a long-term deck for the Emperor to mm -hmm. set up. He has time. A defensive mm -hmm. deck on the the wing that's defending the emperor, and an aggressive deck on the wing that's trying to attack the other emperor. Oh, interesting. We were never that organized, so we just played whatever we had. And we were like, <laughs> okay, who's got the best deck for this seat? And yeah, kind of allocated it that way. But but yeah, I mean, you could as a pre-planned event, you could actually have a really interesting, I think, small tournament that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if you have unified deck lists, exactly. or like you assign yeah. colors, or like you can't have colors. Wow, have unified one. emperor. That's really interesting. Yeah. The fringe get fringier. Absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so many ways to do it. That's really cool. Well, speaking of fringes. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. To 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 just recap the the events of the past couple of weeks, I made it out to Boston finally after missing last year to go to LobsterCon, and this was like honestly the tournament of the year for me. I had so much fun. Um. I traveled with Danny, Danny Friedman, who's Lords Lords Emeritus, um, and it was great. We so he and I, you know, both super cheap dudes, stayed in <laughs> essentially like a flop house because <laughs> Airbnb has has an option to just rent a room of an apartment as opposed to like a whole place. So we, needless to say, we were extremely frugal. In our in in our living situation, but it was fine because we we spent so much time outside of our out out out, out of our place, you know. Um, we Did were you hosted have separate beds. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna leave that between me and right, Dan. That's fine. <laughs> if walls can talk. <laughs> Let's just say we had we had Jaco join us uh, for for the for the third night that we stayed there. So, 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 so there was night. there was room for there was room for Jaco where yeah. we were. <laughs> Uh, but no, we were we were hosted like super generously by Dave. He invite you know he invited me to his house, which is like so meaningful to me. That's like such a such a warm gesture. You know, he takes us to this amazing lunch on the harbor, and then and then Jared takes us to a brewery before we meet up with everyone at um, at like a pub on the on the other side of town. I met um, people from it was it was you could tell that Dave spends time like cultivating national international relationships because there were people from all over there was somebody from the netherlands i think there was somebody from yeah. i mean there, there were yeah three of the brothers of fire there it was um it was really cool it felt like a it felt like a huge convergence of many old school players from all over whereas the players ball feels like 
obviously we get some travelers, but it just it but it feels like a, a showing of like Midwestern magic. Mm-hmm. You know? It 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 mostly feels like this is the gathering of you know every everyone in the everyone in the Midwest and then like all of our Nashville friends. And of course, like everyone everyone who comes to the event is like obviously super generous of their time, but it 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 felt like um it, I don't know. It felt like kind of what Newcon must be like. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really know. But just in how, in how varied, in how many different communities coming together. Was it at the same VFW hall they had it last year? In Somerville, which is like a hip like neighborhood. It had to be packed. It was because it was pretty full last year, and there were more people this year, right? Yeah, there was like a, I think one hundred twenty-two. Hmm. I think they raised close to seven grand for their for their charity room to grow. Did it smell like cigarettes when you walked into that VFW hall? <laughs> you know, it was... Um, and it had like the yellow re- uh, recessed tile um, ceiling, you know, the yellowed ceiling. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. And the bartenders were surly as fuck, dude. Were, yeah. I, I got that. I got blasted by some nice Boston accents while I was there. That's wow. what I was really hoping to get. I was hoping <laughs> to get like a, just a salty blast, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just that pure fucking... And yeah, it was good. Dude, we had a waitress like right outside our Airbnb uh, where Danny and I grabbed breakfast. It was just like everything that you want when you go there. But we had the we had this insane meal with with uh with Dave on the on the harbor and like a whole bunch of people. There's like a huge table of 12 people like eating oysters and drinking wine, you know, and having beers and quahogs and all the you know, What's it a was color? like That's a clam, right? Oh, it's this huge fucking I clam. I recognize that from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They had this. They had this meal where it was. Um, it was like a hot dog, and a quahog. It was like a poor man's uh, surf and turf. That I think. Uh, I, think I think. I think McGran got that. Yeah. Being the frugal guy that he is. Yeah. Buying too many data cards. Eating quahogs. Eating hot dogs. and buying when data cards. When he was in town for <laughs> players' ball, I took him to our beloved Belmont snack shop. Oh my god. He he, he was Bumped on level. It. He got that. You got that place. Yeah, there, there is, there is something to get. If you, if you come to Chicago for a tournament, you have to hit Miramas up to take it to the Belmont Snack Shop. It's just like, such a, hey, have you, have you been with us? I have not. Oh, you got to, <laughs> you got to come before like a. We, you know what? We should go. Bring we should try to go before um, the ninety-five tournament. All right. Yeah, bring a couple of acids though, just in case. It's a little <laughs> greasy. It's just an old, super old school diner, and it's all set up in like a half moon type situation where it's all bar seats, hmm. and there's a flat top. You know, right in front of you was some dude who's in his seventies. You know, cooking. You know, twelve <laughs> omelets at the same time. A waitress who d- just takes care of everyone because everyone is within her like range of vision, and everyone gets their own check. You know, pork chop breakfast. It's usually super tramp on the radio. It's usually super tramp. I don't know. It's just awesome. It smells kind of weird in there. Old. Just kind of like water that's been standing still for yeah. a while. Water that hasn't been moving, you know. But your your shots are up to date, right, Bill? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you seem well vaccinated. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Um, Danny whooped ass. Danny got fourth place yeah, playing. Let's get tw- to the finishes. Here. Playing Twiddle Vault. Hey, we don't need to talk about my finish. Dude. So Twiddle Vault um, with how many time vaults? I think he played three time vaults and four recalls. Okay. Um. I also so I think I think pretty much everyone who went to Boston from Chicago or or the, all of us who play EC rules for the most part wanted to play something that 
Yeah, that's, you know, the re- could, that's like a main draw. Why? You, yeah. You have an opportunity to do something different. You should take it. Totally. Or like you don't just want to play like, I, I kind of wanted to play like mono green, you know, because it's like, I don't know, kind of a signature deck, I guess. But it just felt like, I was like, what do I do? Like swap three strips for three deserts? Like I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure people who like actually play the rules that have thought more about this type of yeah. thing. You know, it's like maybe you need to put in ice storms, or maybe you need to adjust your curve so that it's like heavier on threes or fours, or maybe just the opposite. You play like a bunch of mazes and it's just ones and twos. But I was like, ah, you know, I love to play stasis, and being able to play with multiple time vaults and recalls seems like something I'll only be able to do while I'm here. Um, and Danny, Danny was using um, a list that was inspired a large part by Svanta, Svanta Langraf, um, who is like a pretty prolific deck builder. Um, he's got a blog, I think it's called End of Turn Draw Card. And he might've published this Twiddle Vault primer on his, on his blog. I'm, I'm not sure if he has or not. But I mean, the deck is what you'd expect, you know? You're just abusing the restricted cards as best you can. <clears throat> And untapping time vaults and taking extra turns and eventually just generating a loop where you can bring guys your opponent or, or fireball them. But like in the in the games leading up to the tournament, um, you know, people were, you know, making Danny go through the motions. You know, people wanted to see like, okay, you've taken a bunch of turns. Like, how do you win? Yeah. And the actual mechanics of executing that win with Brain Geyser. Which, which gives you the best main deck, right? If you're playing like no win conditions, just all this pure combo deck, then you don't have any dead cards. Like Fireball or Mirror Universe or, or whatever you used to win are just liabilities until you draw your whole deck and win. But the actual, you know, actually executing it is like extremely exhausting in terms of, of time. And it begs like a really interesting question, you know? Like, okay... You know, like like a card like Sensei's Divining mm-hmm. Top was banned in Legacy because it attributed to too many rounds going to time. Like the actual mechanics of using this card, Moss, do you know this one? Yeah, yeah. Um, the actual mechanics of using this card just are time exhausting because you could feasibly activate one, look at three, acti- you, you know what I mean? You could do it at the beginning of your turn, end of turn. It's just a time sink. Yeah. Um, so Danny ended up putting the fireball into the deck to um, just speed things along. I think he added, he just straight up added, plopped it on top of his deck as yeah. the 61st card. Because he could just get to a point where he has a shitload of mana and just burns you out. Yeah, you know, you've got three turns stacked up. You play a fireball for 11, untap, regrowth, untap your time, uh, untap your mana vaults, you know, whatever. It's like, at, at that point, winning is arbitrary because... I'm I, I'm not sure if you can actually create an infinite loop with the deck, but it's pretty you close. Be able to. I yeah. think you should, right? I, I played my 2018 player's ball deck without a win con, and you know a lot of rounds go to time, and you have to be really good at flipping orbs. And <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure I'd recommend it. I obviously went a different direction this year, but I played the Bueller tax deck that took out the, mm-hmm. the lands edge. And so <laughs> you fiend. I mean, and honestly, all day there was only one person who made me play it out, and we failed to finish a game. And yeah. And then I won in orb flippers. Yeah. But most people concede into that, and you go to game two. Yeah, I played um, at least in a tournament setting. Probably not in practice, because then you want to, you know, kind of be a jerk and say, "Hey, you got to." Oh yeah, if, if it's just me sitting across the table from the, Danny, the I'm the like, flip absolutely. Side of that, um, is at Pescadero. I, I forget whom I was playing, but they had a, they were basically going infinite. I was just sitting there, 
you know, waiting for him. And there was he miscounted at some point and then just had to – he'd taken like four or five, six turns in a row, miscounted, had to pass the turn. And I just – Oh, got, my and God. And I just got there with a factory. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Dude, that statement it just like – Totally, like washes out like everything that we were saying. That's well, amazing. Here's the thing: I, I, I think 100% of the time that I will beat you at orb flips. So I'll just let you dirtle around all day, and I'll pick up the W on the backside. So every single game I played, so I played, I played Stasis with, um, I played, I played two recalls, two time vaults, and I played. I was just using Fireball and Mirror Universe as my win condition. I cast zero Fireballs all day. Every single win was through concession but with stasis it's actually a lot easier to just show your opponent that they're dead because if you have you know three howling mines in play and a bunch of islands untapped and you just flash them your hand and you've got another stasis well you can say hey look so every single one of these is a is a is a turn for me you know like when you have them totally locked right when you have them like kismet stasis out too right uh, no black. Oh, you didn't play that. Cut, cut them, cut them off from the deck okay. because they're just dead weight. They don't weight. do anything. Yeah, they they don't do anything. So you could prove to your opponent right then and there. You you don't even need to. I mean, you can just say, okay, each of these means you draw three. So by the end of all these turns, you'll be at this. I get brain geyser. I I deck you. You know. Yeah. You can you you can just flip your hand up and it's and it's easier to understand. Whereas if you're playing Twiddle Vault, it's like feasible that you could miscount time twister or miscount into yeah, yeah you can time twister into some nonsense or miscount. And it's like, well, I mean, if you if you do that one time, I feel like, my, like right? It's yeah. like if you if you make somebody play it out and they brick, you're like, I'm making play it out every time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, what's that, it? What's that happens to you one time? You're like, there's the proof. Yeah, yeah. In a tournament? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's the right play in a tournament. I mean, old school is not super competitive, so a lot of people aren't that interested in sitting That's and true. watching. But <laughs> they're like, well, I'll just um, go get a beer or something. Yeah, yeah, they're like, no, yeah, they're like I'm good. It's a, but but I actually I played against the, against the deck twice in in the tournament Twiddle Ball, yeah. and it's like, uh, once was against Jayco, and I obviously crushed him, and then uh, once was against a guy uh, from the oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's gotta have their day in the sun. But, uh, we did play three games. I won all three and. Jayco and typical Jayco style wanted to like play, not at the t- not at like the actual table. He wanted to play at like some place like off to the side. <laughs> off site. So we have like a table that's like in the middle of like the region between <laughs> where everyone's playing and like the bar. Yeah. So sure enough, as everyone trickled out, it becomes the feature match table. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> oh, uh, um, th- did they have vendors there this year? Or was that yeah, last year that they, they had did. Was I don't local vendors. Sorry, I just kind of cut in, but no, no, no. It was uh, this guy named Mitya who flew in from oh god, I'm going to sound so ignorant, Austria or something okay. to sell his stuff. Um, like it was I think a, a vendor collection, called, or he had a store, or what? I think I think yeah, he must be he must be a vendor. I, I, I have to say, embarrassingly enough, I don't really keep on this stuff because I don't really buy old school cards anymore. I saw um, Diamonds Mind. I think okay. is what I saw, yeah. which I think is a name that I've seen on TCG or you know maybe it's another yeah they were there just last small year. mom and pop stuff. I think they were there last year. Brian Wackwitz was there uh, signing cards and and doing altars. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I I got a chance to talk to him a little bit. He said because Jeff Menges, who uh, Dave and the rest of the Neos guys have have a really good relationship with, um, because Jeff recommended the event, he was like, okay, I'll yeah. I'll, I'll come and show up. It was really and, cool. And Jeff did. Altered Merfolks of the Pearl Trident for the top eight, uh, the top eight finishers, and also the top eight 
like spicy decks too. What and do you also think about having vendors there? I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I like hey, if you can get people who want to to be there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they pay. You know what I mean? For the space. Yeah. For the for the space. Yeah. And that's more so it's like alternate ways of gem, generating revenue yeah. for the charity cuz they they did a raffle. Yeah. You know, and you get um the uh yeah, like the, the prizes for the raffle were really cool. They were selling those custom tokens, and I gave you some of yeah, those. Yeah, those I, bought, I bought tokens from Will. The proceeds from the tokens go directly to the charity. Yeah, wow. And I'm sure that the donations mm. that, the, that the vendors, or the, yeah, the price that the vendors pay to be there also goes to the thing. So it's just like diversifying. I think that's really cool. I didn't, I, I, honestly, like I didn't really pay attention to the vendors that much because I'm not, I'm not really. Not in the hunt. I'm not really on the hunt for anything, but. Fucking a, yeah. They 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 just kind of fit like off to the side, yeah. and I saw some people. I mean, God. Um, my my recollection from really last year was that the the prices were not the best, but like there was a lot more inflationary business going on, inflationary monkey business going on, and just old school prices in general last year. I think last year more so than this year. Yeah, I think things are more stabilized. Um, you know what? I did have a moment today when I was looking because I still look. I mean, you got to, you got to browse, you got to browse. And I was looking at if biffs and I actually had the thought of, oh, it's cheaper than I thought it would be. Yeah. So I don't know. It's still obviously ridiculous, but. So back to the feature table. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so I have the feature table with Jacob. That was probably my most glorious moment of the day. I also had some very inglorious defeats, as you'll have when you play Stasis. I lost to Adam Mercado Weiss, who was playing just the absolute burner for my deck. He was playing four warp artifacts, black vices, underworld dreams, mana barbs. He was I'm like I don't know how you beat like a Savannah Lions, but like my deck can't beat this in a million years. I take him to three games and I had, so there, there got to a point in um, our last game where he had Underworld Dreams and two Warp Artifacts on my Ivory Tower. And so after sideboard, I've sided in the Angels and my ivory towers. I, I, I like that was kind of the last inclusion into my sideboard. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play two ivory towers. Like you never know. It'll be it'll be good. It's 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 kind of cool to have like a on board counter to black vice. Mm -hmm. That's not like a removal spell. Yeah. So um I'm like, okay, well, I've got to keep seven cards in hand here to break even on these effects. Otherwise, I'm just gonna slowly kind of whittle away. And I and I made this exact same mistake at the player's ball. I had a chaos orb and I kept it in my hand. <laughs> and I'm like, well, anything that he plays, you know, I'll just play the chaos orb and, and kill. And so I've got an angel in play and an untapped mana vault. And I'd given him a turn previously because I'm because he had a maze in play. I'm trying to set up a turn where I can angel, right. he mazes, tap, attack for the win. And he plays an abyss. <laughs> And I had the stupid orb in my hand, and obviously if I played the orb, I kill it before the abyss triggers. Yep. But it was like the one permanent that, like, you know what I mean? Right when it came into play, he got this the effect from three. it. This is in game three. He's and ready so, for your angel. And so man. the fucking angel dies, and I lose. And that was round one. And it was like that first round. That was an insane match. And I was like, this is just going to be an excellent tournament. 
you know? I'm like, that was, the, that was like the most memorable match I can remember playing at a tournament, like this year, probably. Um, it was just against like the absolute needle. Like I get paired against that in the first round. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, but yeah, it was, um, I, I found that I, I found myself cutting win conditions if I won game one. Because I knew that even if my opponent wanted me to play it out, time was on my side. Yeah, You had two opportunities to get him to concede. Right? Yeah. Because it's like, I'm already up one game. If you want like me that. to That's take a it, strategy. if you want me to take it all the way, then we'll probably just draw. You know, yeah. And we can flip. You know? And you're confident. I, I mean, you missed a couple bad ones last night. I suck. I've gotten way worse. If I tried for the patch you're, now... You're thinking it. You're overthinking it. Yeah, dude. I just got to fucking wake up in the morning, do 50 flips on a flat surface, a.k.a. No, my stomach. <laughs> on a rock-hard, bumpy surface. I just got to do it on a perfectly smooth, flat plane. My abs. Nah, I don't know. Yeah, dude, I got worse. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my head about it. It's not good. I've gotten, I, yeah, it's not so good. So what, from the time you activate, you, like two seconds need to pass. You need to stand up. First of all, you need to stand up and then you just need to reach across, touch their card, manipulate it and drop it. No, standing up I think is weak. A lot of flipping with Chaos Orb is style, man. Style has a lot to do with it. Not when you're 0 for 1,000. <laughs> I always stand up. You always not stand too. up? Yeah. So does Danny. I don't I have a patch though. Danny so always don't stands. Don't take my advice. I feel like you could get the patch. I think I, I'd I probably just try for it. I don't think I've seen you miss that many. Line up a couple tequila shots. <laughs> You'll be good. I didn't miss any at 18's player ball this year. I missed a couple. but Yeah, it's embarrassing. But um, anyway, yeah, just to just to wrap up LobsterCon, it was an amazing event. I'll never miss it. It was like it was like the event to travel to for me. I'll, I'll 100% be back next year. It was incredible. You finished... Four and three. Four and three. All right. And I'm okay. Winning record with Stasis. That's nah, all right. You know, I'll keep I'll keep playing the deck. There's there's still stuff that you can do. I think um, being on multiple Kismets <clears throat> is where you want to be too. And I could be talked into a third Kismet. Honestly, it's uh, it's it honestly buys you enough time to set stuff up, and it's just the card that sets it over the edge once you get Stasis going. Because it's not hard with a Howling Mind in play. To keep stasis going, especially when they let you play with multiple time vaults. So, yeah, I don't know. Kind of going a little bit more. I think you can go a little bit more all in on the stasis lock. I was really controlly. Like I played full four disenchants and I think three counter spells and a mana drain. And counter spell was not counter spell. The card was not excellent for me. I don't know. So, uh, there. I think there's still there's still tweaking to be done for sure. But you can definitely cut win conditions and just play with a a brain geyser honestly with stasis i think it's easier to win just with uh just with brain geyser when you play stasis i think my next version is going to get rid of the fireball in the mirror to be honest unless they slap down mana barbs dude <laughs> yeah dude that that was so rough that was awesome that i think i think he ended up getting a, a creative award for his deck too yeah. so many boo-boos <laughs> could not handle it um but anyway yeah so uh Big reason why we got Bill on the on the cast is to talk about uh, a shared interest you and I have in playing combo decks in old school, which is a a painful road <laughs> to hoe fraught with many many L's. 
Um, but we we touched on your deck, your uh, your player's ball deck, a little bit on on the last cast. But since I'm a shit host and I didn't have everything like pulled up, I think we can do like a little bit of a dive on what you're doing because let's, I'm, we'll go ahead, Mon. Well, I was to say let's wind this back a little bit and just do a little bit of introductory notice here. That's a damn good idea. Tell the tell the tell the people about you. They're super tired of listening to my voice at yeah. this point. I mean, and and Bill, this is what it's always like. Like Carter just yammers on. Well, I've, I've listened to every episode, so yeah. I, I know how so it works. So you're, yeah, you were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> he just rambles on that item. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. Pe- yeah, people are super fucking sick of me. No, not at all. No, I, I started playing uh, around the time The Dark was out and um, had more or less stopped by the time Urza's Block came out. So I had kind of a brief window where I, I played a lot of Magic when I was in high school and in college. Um, and then kind of picked it back up a couple of years ago, came to my first uh, Lord's meetup with a combo deck, uh, Enchantress, full all-in combo. Oh, man. Um, was that at Crown? Uh, I think that was at Parts, wasn't it? We ended up moving because the first place was full, and then I don't remember the second place. We okay. ended up, Moss had some mono green pile that was a nice target for oh, Enchantress. Man, what a simple time, huh? Man. Anyway, was, before, once again, it, I am proven to be the innovator. <laughs> oh, dude, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is like three years ago, dude. I don't want to hear about you being the mono green man. Oh, that's bullshit. Well, it turns out mid-range decks with no removal is actually the one deck that the Enchantress deck can beat. So um, I got a couple of Ws that night, uh, which is really exciting. The uh, the game of the night, though, actually was against Nathan back when he still played old school. Yeah, he was, he was playing um, Jago's Dreams deck, and I was at, I don't know, 10 life or something, and I looked at him, and I cast Time Twister into an Underworld Dreams. I was dead on board, and he mana drained it. <laughs> he had to. I was I was 100% dead if I didn't resolve Time Twister. I was only about 98% dead if I did, so uh-huh. I cast it. And um, anyway, I was like, yeah, this is a pretty great format. And uh, so anyway, been enjoying combo decks ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. God, Enchantress. Yeah, Enchantress is really tough, huh? It is. It's uh, an overcosted, overly fragile draw engine. <laughs> they, there's um, they've experimented um, on the West Coast with um, this Brewmasters challenge, where you add mm-hmm. yeah, one that. card that's legal in, in pre-modern to an old school deck mm-hmm. or archetype. And besides just the things that are obviously great, you know, like Voltaic Key with Time Vault or whatever, um, having that Argothian Enchantress way better. is like, would be enough, I think, to actually make the deck do something. Yeah. I mean, one of the advantages of a combo deck, at least most combo decks in old school, is that you're generally creatureless. Mm-hmm. So your opponent tends to have at least a couple of dead cards in totally. the first game. But with Enchantress, you don't even have that advantage. <laughs> just turning on those swords. You do. You just have a m- massive, massive liability. Yeah, I, I've had trouble with that too. Like just trying to have Sage Lantern be my only creature in a mm-hmm. in a combo deck. Because I'm like, oh, it's so good when you untap with it, but it just dies to you know absolutely everything. Oh, we were going to um, go to Brow House that night, and they were full, and we went to Grafton's or something, some Irish bar, right? I think that's right. Yeah, some somewhere on the north side. Some random person came up to our table and said their grandkid played magic or no. something. Okay, I'm remembering yeah, this now. Oh, that's sweet. Right now. Yeah, the Chicago Bra House used to be like a really sweet meetup spot, German German restaurant yeah. that like kind of harkens back to the to the first Madison event that we had in a in a German restaurant and have and have since Essen done House. the Essen House. Yeah. 
Madison's got this huge German population. There's like a million, a million German places there. Um, but hell yeah, that's great. Yeah, super, super happy to have you a part of the crew. I mean, it's um, it's not well, as plus, often as we'd like Bill to get does, from the uh, old school EDH with us. Yeah, so we've got him roped in that yeah. way. Yeah, and those games are usually won by combos one way or another. We've tried to ban all the combo pieces. That's right, that's we've, right. We've slowly, yeah. Whittled away. Thanks to Bill's machinations, we've like said, all right. Yeah, so you're usually the up. one that makes oh, it so that everyone else is like, yeah. okay, let's so we've had well, more Tell them about the Bardew combo deck. That was the sickest one because nobody saw it coming. Oh, yeah, I was and the only non-blue player at the yeah, table. Yeah, um, Wow, yeah, that's a little while ago now, but it was uh, an enduring renewal win, essentially. Um, and oh, you yeah. can use the, the talismans in Ice Age to untap permanence when you cast um, spells of a certain color. So by killing and recasting a kobold, you can keep untapping your time vault and take the rest of the turns. <laughs> and then that's once true. you draw Ashnod's altar, you can just kill everyone. So, yeah. oh, that's so, so, so with 95, you can have non-blue combo wins, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty sick. And, that is really and cool. And Bill beat us. You had infinite mana and infinite yeah. turns at the same time. Yeah. Oh. And you had double be ways about it, right? because you had the blinking <laughs> spirit and the kobold. Yeah. And the spirit is what uh, like a zero to return it to your hand, or how's that work? Or every time you cast it. Yeah, the, the spirit is just a zero to return it, and then you have to recast it for four mana or whatever. But then but, you can untap. But, the but late in the ball. game, exactly. Yeah. How does the spirit untap the? Because not because you have a you have, you have the talisman yeah. that you can spend three mana to untap anything every time you cast a white spell. Oh, and so you've you've made infinite mana. By infinite turns, by by using the talisman to, time uh, to untap time ball every turn. Nacre talisman, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. So you have this loop between blinking spirit, nacre talisman, and time ball, and you just have to have enough mana, like six or seven mana. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yes, once once you can. Okay, okay, gotcha. You're just returning it and casting it every turn. Oh, and okay. Using that to untap time oh, ball. so it's it's kind of like time elemental and and stasis. Like once you have the the six mana, yeah. you can like. Continuous play, okay. and then you just kind of go forward from there. And as but he had that plus enduring renewal, plus cobalt, plus ash not alter. Took a while to get all that, but <laughs> it was a long game. At one yeah. point, we had um, Zer's weirding in play too, which yes. is the one where anybody can force you to discard oh, something you would draw. That was so wretched. I saw what was on top of my library. I don't know if we had a field of dreams or something, or yeah. you just play with it unrevealed with Zer's. I don't remember, but. Anyway, I had a Necro in my hand, so I dropped the Necro just so I could force that one card into my hand that I needed, because that's not a draw. <laughs> oh, no. Zer's Weirding is your hand is revealed, and okay. then there I was had a that out, and then play. Shane yeah. had Field of Dreams out, was. so you everybody knows what's in everybody's hand, and they know what's on top of their yeah. library. That's so miserable. Like, oh, it's so fun. <laughs> that's it's so, so bonkers. That's insane. So if I hadn't had Necro in hand, I couldn't have actually won that game, because somebody would have prevented me from drawing what I needed. Wow. That's funny. Yeah, ne Necro in EDH is crazy, too. It seems like... A very dangerous card to use. Yeah. I remember just casting a channel and just trying to go for it. I'm like, fuck, I got all this life. Like, let's go. And I just fizzle out. Like, <laughs> they remain at seven. And then, you know. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm you know, going off with like Book of Wrath and channel, you know, you, let's do it. And then, yeah, I, then everyone at the table looks over to me and is like, oh, yeah, we can wipe out Carter pretty easily. Can't we? But we basically had to ban Time Vault because of Bill. Not ban, soft ban. Uh, <laughs> That's like any... It's discouraged. To, it, it is. It's heavily discouraged. That's like any combo player's dream, though, right? It's like you do the thing that gets the card banned. Mm -hmm. Except for Charlie will show up a deck loaded with banned cards. 
He'll just to pretend. Those, uh, he'll just pretend. Yeah, he'll have like Ar Armageddon. And, no, that, know, that's and good though. Stuff. I mean, I think it challenges the ban list, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it's like fun. it's really easy to overban. There's no good reason to yeah. ban the Moxin and EDH. I mean, if everybody's playing them, who cares? It's just yeah. a more vulnerable land. Uh, sure. Yeah. Exactly. If you get if you power something out mm -hmm. early, then it, it just, just makes, makes you the target. target. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The politics, man. That's fucking funny. That's a, that's a good. That's a good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, so fast forward from your origin, your humble origin story, <laughs> crushing Nathan Mullenmuth Enchantress. <laughs> oh, no, he crushed me. I crushed Moss. <laughs> <laughs> but we also uh, established the mono green fact. Too. Nathan was playing a real deck. I don't like that mono green fact at all. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm way ahead of you. This is like the Danny Friedman argument where, like, nothing is original. Like, he, yeah. and, he and Jaco played it, like, back in, you know, 2013 or whatever on a kitchen table, and yeah. then... It was never heard from again. Yep. When you're like, well, we know five years old. That's bound to happen, yeah. even if it wasn't 2013. It was probably, you know, 1993. Yeah, it can it can mm. sometimes feel like there's like nothing original left to do, and then I don't know. I'm I'm proven wrong, like with this deck. <laughs> um. So I so when we're looking so we're looking at bill's uh hercules recall combo deck from the from the player's ball that we kind of touched on uh in a previous cast when we when we talked about the ball so this deck has four hercules recalls in it yep main deck um how did the hercules recalls fuel your engine like let's say that your opponent's playing white media and you're not getting much value off of the off of the hercules yeah i mean that's definitely the the weaker position for this deck, I mean, it's at its strongest when it's again against a heavy artifact deck where you can hurtles your opponent. Um, but you know, if if you're against the the creature type deck, certainly saw a lot of those. The Hercules can do a couple things. It can bounce all the the fast mana. There's three mana vaults and a soul ring and all the mocks and mm -hmm. uh, to create bigger fireballs, kill off some of those creatures. Uh, it can also bounce a disc with a trigger on the stack, so you blow up everything and get your disc back. Um, those are the two main functions when you're against the non-artifact deck. How does that disc and Hercules interaction work again? Uh, well, the disc does not sacrifice itself. It's only destroyed as part of its effect okay. uh, resolving. So the trigger goes on the stack and the disc is still on the battlefield. So you're gotcha. able to respond. Cool. Um, so Hercules bounces. It. Right. Yeah. So it bounces all the artifacts. And yeah. of course the disc activation still happens. Yeah. It's just yeah. on the stack. That's one of those things that like I know you can do that, but then sometimes it's useful to kind of just walk down the street and see how it how and why it happens. Yeah, it's kind of like Sylvan, right? Where everyone like looks at three cards, but it's like the actual mechanics of that card, it's kind of important to know because then you get to use it in different ways, you know, like with Howling Mine or other other mm -hmm. draw effects. Yeah, and with all the artifact mana, I mean, if you're bouncing your disc, you're also bouncing a whole bunch of your mana that you can replay and then yep. re recast the disc or something else. Right. So this is a so this is like an all-in fireball deck. I see four fireballs and a lightning bolt, and then four black vices. Yeah, it does have the four vices. They come out against anything that doesn't have a high artifact count. Um, and you know, obviously, vice is probably the worst card in the deck. It either kills your opponent or does absolutely nothing. But yeah, that's why I cut it from, from Stasis. I just yeah, I mean, if you can get away with it, I would absolutely cut it. But it's just so good with Hercules. Um, if you, <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, I, I played against the deck, and the deck can't let a Hercules against it resolve. And at one point, I, I cast one with two or three of mine already in the yard, and he kind of looked at me like, really? 
Um, <laughs> You're like, yeah, bro. Four. I mean, this was game one, so I mean, why, why does this guy have four hurdles in his main? Yeah, main that's but, absurd. But you know, Feist is out. That that's a real threat. Um, and, this, and, and unfortunately, I guess, or maybe fortunately, in old school, most combo decks have to have a lot of really bad cards in them as win conditions. I mean, the Dreams deck, for instance, you've got the four Dreams and some yeah. number of Vices. And, mm -hmm. you know, here at least it's Fireballs that can really do something if you're, if you're not killing your opponent. But you do still have those four Vices that are a weak spot. Yeah, that's cool. I imagine that um, this might be a combo deck that actually boasts like a not miserable the deck matchup. Yeah, I Which mean, I kind of only rare. played it once that day, but I went 2-0 against it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it just has a lot of on-the-stack threats that the deck can't let resolve. Right. You know, it's got Balance, it's got Wheel, it's got Twister. Um, Hercules is a big problem. A disc is a big problem against the deck. Disc is a big problem. I mean, even if I don't manage to bounce it, I'm happy to blow up all their man artifact mana and tomes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. In exchange really for a couple mocks. And right, and it's one of those things that just stays in stays in play. Right. The threat of activation. You know how to play your hand. Right. The stuff that they have in play. You know, it's like the game can't really can't really progress. Meanwhile, like maybe a black vice is in play or something like that. What Which, about um, in the side or in the main um, earthquake? Like maybe out of the side for your weenie match. Little creature. Yeah, it's. I, I do have one earthquake. Is that in Aladdin? Or no, it's an earthquake. No, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I, I've only got the one beta, so that's why there's one in the sideboard. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, I mean, it that does come in against the yeah, creature yeah, matchups, at least the yeah. ground based ones. I mean, I was mostly playing mid range creature decks with flyers. So I don't think I brought it oh. too much. Um, I thought about putting some creatures in the sideboard. It's always a consideration when you have a, a creatureless deck. Um, ultimately, I decided I'd rather just have control magics against mid-range, yeah. so I, I ran mm -hmm. four of those since it can both remove and create a threat. What were some cool creatures that you snug, snagged with that? Um, I didn't actually use it too much. I did bring it again, in against uh, the Dread Pirates lands, uh, land deck yeah. um, oh, and man. stole a Tim, which Such a sweet deck. did manage to dominate the board for five or six turns, but then I ultimately lost that game anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good card. It's obviously has some disc synergy with the disc, but you know you keep their biggest creature as long as you can have the advantage in doing so, and you can still blow it up later. Yeah, the the cool thing with disc is just this threat of activation. You mm -hmm. know, like you don't need to pop it until you're behind on board. So right. sure, you can play that control magic, and your opponent has to play <clears throat> into that. Right. Um, and you still can, yeah. You just wait until you have to use it. It just puts your opponent in such a such a sticky spot. I never did see a shop deck all day. Hmm. I'd like to get in some reps against the shop deck at some yeah, point. Yeah, that would be very exciting. With your four Hercules and your discs. The deck was in part a reaction to all the shop decks I was seeing in all these tournament reports. And yeah. This also mulligans extremely well with all the fast mana. Mm -hmm. It's got mm -hmm. the balance, the tutor, the time twister, and the wheel. So you can have some extremely broken starts. I, in one game, I know I cast uh, time twister a couple times in the first two turns. <laughs> Yeah, you can do, yeah, man, Mana Vaults, I think is why this card is included in um, Twitter Vault, which it doesn't seem like it's that incredible because you're trying to, you know, cast a bunch of blue cards. Um, but it powers powers recalls and just powers draw sevens and just gives you these amazing starts. You know, these, like, when you're casting a draw seven on the play, you, you're putting your opponent in such a situation because they've like you are really encouraged to mulligan 
a mediocre seven now, mm -hmm. given these new rules. Yeah. So most of the time, your opponent is going to keep a hand with a plan. Right. And with with this like forced mulligan, they you know let, let's just discount all the times where you just like totally screw up, which doesn't really happen that often. You know, like a a media a, a a six with a plan is much better than a mediocre seven. Sure. And that's just part of that's just a free roll that you get when you play all of this really fast, powerful mana. It's worth usually like at least one extra turn. Right. Effectively. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a good way to put it for sure. Would you add, um, if you could, would you add a, a second or third recall to the to the deck, or did it kind of do? I'm honestly not sure I would. I, I might. I mean, it's almost pre-boarded against the controlling artifact type decks, and that's probably where I'd want it. So I'm not sure yeah. there'd be room. Um, I would certainly experiment with a second one though. I said that you've got lots so of many um, restricted cards. Well, you would cut a fire. <laughs> so you would so cut a fireball for a recall. They're Perhaps. both X spells, and the recall is just an extra fireball makes or sense. whatever else. It's it's all the restricted cards other than Time Vault, I believe. So, I mean, that's yeah. obviously a big part of the deck's power is that it just plays the good cards. Mm -hmm. I found that uh, that's kind of the general rule as well. Just cut win conditions for, for recall. Yeah. Um, I see a decent amount of uh, Protect the Queen type cards. I see a couple... Um, avoid fates and that that super scribbled on card is a uh, yeah that's my a flash uh, counter right it's a flash counter that, that I flash got counter. for the 2018 ball so oh, I run it back this year oh totally um, those cards so they always seem really good in theory and sometimes in practice not so much what did, what were your experiences um, if I'm on the disc plan <coughs> and the mirror plan they're pretty important yeah yeah uh, because those those are expensive permanents that I really need to stick around. Uh, if if I'm not, then obviously they come out. Yeah, I um, I've always I've always maintained that avoid fate is meant for protecting, um, mirror universe. Yeah, it's meant for protecting Lich and mirror universe, <laughs> not a fucking Urnum gym. Right. Um, <laughs> and you also eschewed uh, uh, mind twist here. It's in the board. Oh, it is in the board. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's not a gentleman decision. That's just that <laughs> I tend to strand a bunch of swords to plowshares and abysses and whatnot in my opponent's hand with this deck. Oh, yeah. And, you know, game two, I almost always bring it in because they're going to bring in their sideboard cards. Mm -hmm. But in game one, I don't feel like it's at its best. It's obviously not at its best with a vice deck either. So, yeah. you know, in game two, the vices come out against aggro. The twist goes in against just about everybody. Gotcha. Just assuming that they have a competent sideboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think that my twist on the sideboard is, uh, you know, it is. It's not. It's not just a gentlemanly thing. It no, actually, it, that actually... wasn't at all my intent with this deck. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just all the restricted cards piled. piled right. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was it was a, it was a really sweet brew, and I think something that uh, bears uh, iterating. Yeah, I, I'll certainly run it back or something similar at some point. Something, a, an element of Danny's Twitavault deck that I believe was technology that he got from Svanta that I think was the true, like, breakthrough was the main deck Mana Short and the main deck uh, Hercules that he played. And that, those two cards together creating this, um, like, space for a combo deck to go off 
you know, letting you just kind of untap and like absolutely go wild, you know, casting draw sevens and your opponent not having recourse because they're tapped down was, I think, like a pretty revolutionary piece of technology for pretty much all combo decks. And what I love about this deck is that it just takes like the Hercule being good as an edge case, like to the absolute limit because it actually goes in your strategy. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I love it when you can have like an offensive and defensive card be really important like obviously there's gonna be times when you draw hercules and you and you and you groan but um i don't know i'm i i i'm thinking i've been thinking a lot lately about just mana short and hercules as this little little package to protect any sort of strategy you know that you're trying to do being it like a mirror ball thing or or, or a lich thing or or, or stasis or, or time vault um i don't know i thought i thought that was like one of the most brilliant old school innovations I've, I've seen recently. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I had one interesting game. Actually, it was against uh, the Dread Pirate there with the, uh, the Living Plane deck, and he is able to run uh, main deck Energy Flux. Right, yeah. And I, of course, yeah. have main deck Hercules. So he, <laughs> he, he landed an Energy Flux, and I Hercules myself and just put all my artifact mana back in my hand. We sat there for a while. Yeah, that's and sweet. Because I could get one turn out of any of those Moxen by dropping them, and, you know, essentially they'd die the next turn or whatever. But oh, totally. I was eventually able to make use of those. Um, again, I think that, that game we ended up, that match we ended up 1-1, so not a rousing success. We went to flips, but... Um, but it was a it was a cool play. Still sweet. It's a it's just it's awesome to uncover new tactical elements to to these cards. And Hercules Recall is just one of those cards that I don't know. It feels like there's so I mean there's just so many insane cases, right? I mean Hercules thing Hercules thing in them into a into a like a wheel or a mm -hmm. twister. It's just like absurd. It's yeah. like mind twist for your board. Yeah. against some people. Well, it's an amazing response to somebody else's wheel or twist. Or, oh, yeah. You I mean, just, you just always keep it this up. Deck, but they, they might, mind they might uh, wheel or twist or who knows. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can always just hurtle somebody on an end step, too, and make them discard a bunch of their cards if they have a full grip and a bunch mm -hmm. of artifacts on the field. So a yeah. lot, of, lot of interesting cases. It just, yeah. I that is, a, that is a card that I think merits main deck inclusion in, in more strategies than just this crazy four hurdles. <laughs> Throw a storm seeker in there. Well, yeah. that kind of, that kind of reminds me of uh, of of Dom's deck from the ball, and I and, and I know people have talked about this stuff already, but he um yeah it's uh it's like a more aggressive stasis yeah we talked about stasis variant yeah so Just load up their hand storm seeker yeah kind I don't of, know it's kind of mana hungry but oh well yeah still though just just Let's cool say, ways cool ways to use these cards that can't all just be turn one savannah lines. <laughs> Turn two, Saren did. Yeah, I played a little Atog yesterday. How'd that go? It's uh, I mean, it's a really powerful archetype, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a really powerful archetype. Tyre had stars in his eyes playing these Atogs. I was like, oh wow, this is what it's like. Um, but I don't know, man. We're used to driving those jalopies, and then you get into a fine tune, <laughs> a real fucking <laughs> revving the engine. Yeah. But dude, it's like, it's hard to explain, but it feel it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right i'm too set in my ways <laughs> i don't know i don't know i just don't know how to explain it but you just a lot of the times like the deck kind of defines you or the deck is like an aspect of your personality and i'm like this is just not the man i am well you're not a spite i'm i'm, I'm just not even an aggressive player i don't think um 
But no, I'm not I'm not a spike, but I also don't like begrudge anyone. I actually like playing against the Atog deck. I like playing against there's pretty much no deck that I don't really like playing against. Whatever Nathan's playing. Because he's <laughs> but, there. because I'm winning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, so yeah, like I don't begrudge people for deck choices, but there is there I don't know, there's just something about it. Like I just couldn't there's some stuff that I, I don't know, it just it just doesn't feel like me, I guess. And uh that probably will that probably gets between you and finishing really high in the tournament, but you know, fuck it, whatever. Well, what's the um, what's the the headspace then built for the combo player? Because it's you don't see a lot of combo post top results usually. That's yeah, that's a really good question. I I mean, I like making big plays. I mean, yeah. exciting plays. Yeah, and and this deck in particular, but combo generally um, is is really good at doing that. I've not cast a Natog since I've discovered old school. I'm not actually sure if I've cast a Savannah Lion. I don't recall having done <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I, I got you covered. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It evens out, right? Yeah. yeah. Of averages. Oh, yeah. yeah. People will do that. Yeah. But, I mean, I like decks that create dramatic, memorable mo moments. Yeah. Um, I like playing them, and I like playing against them, too. Yeah, I agree. There's something There's something about, like, constructing the Rube Goldberg machine and mm -hmm. have it actually work that is really satisfying because you feel like... You feel like it was just a, a, a lot of buildup. Usually a combo deck is a lot of buildup to one spectacular point as opposed to right. incremental mm -hmm. advantage yeah. garnered through successive turns. And redundancy. And, and redundancy of effects. Yeah. Whereas the combo deck has more um, more novelty where you peel the channel and you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, casting a turn one channel fireball, it's not like a good game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like interesting gameplay, but it's a, it's a, it's a memorable moment. Like if that, if that happens to you, you'll be like, okay, well, you know. I never got to do it turn one with that deck, but I did wheel in or twist her into a channel fireball win, which was pretty cool. Oh yeah, totally. Especially with mana vaults. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's better with more mana vaults yeah. too, because like you don't absolutely have to channel for your entire life total. Yeah, it's actually a really good channel deck too. Although the green sources might be a little light, but it's a good I mean, deck. You've got the the mana vaults effectively adding damage. You've got the black vices effectively adding damage. So you've got multiple ways to get that couple extra damage you need in order to, to fireball twenty. Yeah, that's sweet. Could channel be a four of? <laughs> no, it would be insane. It would be insane. Big green. It would be. It would be four channels, four mirror universes. Four trikes, four fireballs. Sounds all right to me. <laughs> and probably four mana vaults as well. Yeah, well, there you have it. I mean, we, hey, we do talk about I'm just holding. Trying to think outside the box a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no. I think, like, People... it's fine. I, you know what? I think it's perfectly fine to hold a fucking tournament where no holds barred or, or or you unrestrict something that seems kind of crazy like balance or, or well, we dig around with uh colonel sanders's four wheels four wheels yeah <laughs> just to you know just to see but I mean, that was super, yeah obviously it's I mean, it's ridiculous it casual, but. but it's uh i mean i it don't know fun. it bears it bear, it could be a fun day yeah i think i think we would discover that it's a little a little broken but i don't know honestly i think if you can unrestrict recall you can unrestrict channel whatever you just bolt someone in response it's, it's true 
it's at least a green card. I mean, people Double talk about too. Yeah, exactly. People talk about unrestricted re regrowth, but that just goes in all the five color decks. But yeah, right. You need right. to have a real somewhat green deck to channel on turn one. It's true. It's kind of what I'm getting at here. It's, it's like people, you know, you'll see every now and then some Twitter or, or some, you know, chat here and there about restricting factory, which to me seems like a much more way out there maneuver than, say, unrestricting channel. Channel? Yeah. I found that when I played channel, and you actually I saw had a, um, had a transmute in your deck, mm -hmm. I transmuted a fuck ton for Black Lotus to um to catch I can see that. so that way you're not like because you don't want to play i mean you want to play the 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 trops and as many um or really you want to play the trops and as few cities of brass as you can and from there besides your emerald you're not getting any more green sources everything else is blue right you're playing vaults you're playing undergrounds you're playing trops and so that so via transmute blue gets you the double green to cast the card Felwars, a couple fell wars yeah, so you yeah, could, yeah you, you could also you're at like six that. seven green sources but you're just you know it's like obviously the mana in old school is so atrocious I couldn't run fell war on that list because when I hurtles myself it's inefficient right yeah so setting, <laughs> spending a whole turn just to plop down the fell wars I only want really mana rocks that are you know net positive not make mana negative, right then exactly. there yeah yeah that's good um, but yeah, it's 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 worth a shot. I, I guess I see the argument for restricting factory because it's just such a omnipresent card. You're kind of challenging people's. I don't know if you're going to do that, then restrict everything. Restrict yeah. div. Restrict savannah lines. Restrict. Well, it's fair and cheap and plentiful too. Though. Restrict I don't black. Go, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole on, on factory, but it's fair, cheap, plentiful. You know, easy to find. You know, so if you restrict that, you're kind of putting a middle finger up to newcomers. Yeah, I think it um, it seems like the kind of card that hedges out. You know, I'm always I'm always critical of cards that hedge out other cards. Like, um, and Lightning Bolt and Factory both do that, where they they say, "Well, okay, the it 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 points you in the direction of having the best creatures be." the four toughness creatures and the, and the flying creatures, you know, like serendipity, you know, it, it, it gets, it gets around all the stuff, which is why it's the best. But without those, you know, Hey, maybe you can play more in one and two drops. The, the, you know, paying a life drawback from serendipity is more significant. You know, you never know. You know, it just, uh, you know, it sucks getting moated by like one factory <laughs> when you're playing a bunch of two twos and, and one, one, but everything kills it. But everything kills it. Plus, it's you like, can solve that by just not playing creatures or not playing two twos and one ones. Yeah, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't, don't waste time <laughs> with such foolish things. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Like I, I guess I see the see the point. And it's like you know, hey, try it for try it for a tournament. You don't need to, you know, nothing needs to be like the law of the land. But like, yeah, all these rules were just arbitrarily decided by like one person, or maybe or maybe a couple people who got together. So change it if you want. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, what else is going on? Man, I don't know. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful warm night. You know what we can do is we can go through the legends list and try to fucking brew something, Mr. Combo Master on the fly. How about this? How about I pick a fucking card at random from 
from legends. And we, and, we try, and we try to make this happen, huh? All right. Ready? Here we fucking go. Spirit Link. <laughs> wow, that was random. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty solid. Oh, wait, no. So, so right above here is Spinal Villain. Okay, um, that's a good one. This, let's, let's talk about Spinal Villain. Two and a red, one, two, tap, destroy target blue creature. Sideboard card. How do we, but how do we, so we, we're playing a deck where we have to play four Spinal Villains in the main deck. Hope your opponent's on blue. He probably wants Slide of Mind. Well, now we're cooking. All right, okay. So we got Slide of Minds. We got four Slide of Minds. Still terrible. Spinal. Well, yeah. I don't know where else you can go with that. I hope they have creatures and hope that you can have this pitiful two card combo to blow it up and then not attack them. But what else is good? What's okay? So okay. So we have to have the. So we have to have the slides. And we have to have the spinals. I'd rather have the spirit links. <laughs> no, we've already got too far. Okay. So if we already have the spinals and we already have the slides, what else is good with slight? Creatures uh, with protection. Yeah, you could. Th okay, so we're adding a color, maybe your COPs or your uh, Northern Paladin, if we're on bad creatures and morphing their abilities. All right, there. so you got so you got a blue, white, red control deck. <laughs> just guy, just guy, <laughs> just guy control the spinal villain, and then you could play. Yeah, you play Northern Paladin. So if they're playing, I mean, okay, so you got Northern Paladin and spinal villain. So if they're playing black or blue, it's a free roll. You can always add some thought laces, death laces, which turns them blue or black. Wait, does 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 Deathlace? Oh, Deathlace! It makes the card blue. It makes the card blue. Yeah. Oh wait, and Thoughtlace. Well, Thoughtlace makes it blue, so you could make your opponent's creature blue and then assassinate it with the. Oh, so you can play you can play Sleight of Mind and Thoughtlace. Yeah. Yeah. So we have now we're really cooking. So we have eight copies of the of the Change of Blue effect. Exactly. Yeah. And you can throw in Titania Song and you can kill your artifacts. Well, now we're at four colors, so we're, right, at least. we're gonna have to add the full power nine. So, oh, well, well, yeah, of course. Oh, well, I think we have to treat ourselves to a little power nine in order yeah. to make this deck work. So I guess you could you either have the option of playing the Northern Paladins and the what's the what's the other one from the dark Exorcist. Exorcist. That's only creatures. You want Northern Paladin, which is any black permanent. It's any black permanent. Yeah, so it'll hit enchantments or whatever. So oh, basically, that's, that's we should good. cut Spinal Villain and red and just have white in the deck. <laughs> and play Swords, Disenchant, <laughs> yeah. and Exorcist, and Northern Paladin, and Deathlace. We still and, run our slides if we want to. And slides. Add some blue, yeah. Yeah. So and then we, you have your, your Black Knight, or your White Knights, and your slides to make them prismatic. Oh, and you can play, yeah, you play the White Knights anyway, because that because then you and can make order. them a, a moat. You may as well throw in a top red or two. Let me slide that. Oh, at least you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you should definitely throw in two copper heads, yeah. without a doubt. Um, you could play. Uh, you could play. Uh, yeah, you could play the knights. So you, so you could play either the eight knights, or you could play a repentant blacksmith as a little hedge. Mode, oh, mode, against, mode against red creatures. All right, we did it. Yeah, Bury bur oh. on the fly. Here we go. Well, man, thanks again for for joining us on Absolutely. the on the cast. Definitely won't Glad be the to be here. yeah for sure. Definitely won't be the last time. We'll have to do some like crazy commander recap. Or I know you've got tons of thoughts about uh, ninety five. Is you're definitely an ice age? Yeah, that was kind of prime time for me. Was ice age? I played a lot of a lot of magic in nineteen ninety five and early ninety six. Yeah, it feels like you've got like a bunch of fond memories about that time period. And every time we play ice age, it feels like there's like it's like an amazing set. It was meant to be a standalone. So, um, 
and it just feels like there's so many cool cards in there that we could still like keep pushing the the boundaries on. So yeah, cool. Moss, you got anything else to add? No, no man, shut that's up. it. All right, cool. Thanks again, guys. Cool. Thank See you. Peace. All right. Fucking A, man.